Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It is another edition of Phillies today. I'm your host, James Seltzer. It is Thursday, June the 18th, as since the last time we spoke, some actual positive momentum on there actually potentially being a Major League Baseball season in 2020, though it seemed like there was more positive momentum than there actually was. We'll dive into it all. Um, They will continue to negotiate. We'll dive into that. Um, It does look like we probably won't have a deal before the weekend, but we are going to uh, continue to talk about it over the next two days. We'll talk about um, you know what actually went down yesterday, how it all played out, and then um, tomorrow get into the specifics of what the deal could look like. We'll mention that day, but really dive into what that means, the universal DH, all the, the different things. But let's start with uh, with what went down yesterday, and we'll get to um, a piece about it in a little bit. But basically, it just kind of was a lot of craziness for a, a couple hours there. It all started around 1 o'clock yesterday, uh, 1.30, somewhere in that range, when uh, Bob Nightingale uh, tweeted out, or excuse me, it might have been John Heyman tweeted out, that Rob Manfred had actually uh, flown to Arizona to meet with Tony Clark face-to-face, a face-to-face meeting, um, to try and settle the differences. After that, about an hour later, it all started to cascade. It started, unfortunately, with John Heyman saying a deal was in place. That was quickly refuted by the Major League Baseball Players Association themselves, among other reporters, Jeff Paz and Ken Rosenthal, tweeting out that the deal was not done. Um, the framework of a deal seemed to be in place. The players said that they are still negotiating. We've got more and more details since then. The players have since uh, uh, sent our proposal back the other way. Let's let's discuss it. We'll dive into the situation, where it's at, what it means moving forward. Um, let's start um, with a, a Jeff Pass, an article, uh, just kind of break down where the situation is at, and then since then, Passan has tweeted out um, what the player's uh, proposal was. Um, it, it really comes down right now, it appears, to the amount of games as Passan writes, Major League Baseball and the Major League Baseball Players Association found themselves at odds again Wednesday 
Following a face-to-face meeting between Commissioner Rob Manfred and Union Executive Director Tony Clark, tempering optimism about a potential return to play deal between the sides. And, and that is fair. The optimism was there. I mean, in the moment, on Twitter, following as it was happening, it really felt like baseball was going to happen. And, and I, it's funny, because my first reaction to the Heyman tweet and then kind of as it was playing out was, was of course, excitement. It's <laughs> baseball. Let's go. Um, but then I, I pulled myself back and I said, hey, you know what? I'm not going to believe this is over the finish line until it's over the finish line. I'm, I'm happy I did that because it helped mute the uh, the pain I felt when it, it found out that it was not over the finish line, as, as I expected. But um, I wasn't ready to jump all in, but it, I, th- I think some people were. And um, it does seem, though, that progress has been made. The article goes on. Following a four-hour negotiation in Phoenix between leaders Tuesday, Major League Baseball merged, believing the framework of a deal had been agreed upon, sources said. The union disagreed with that accounting, and Players Wednesday said they viewed the proposed 60-game schedule as too short. It left baseball in a similar position to where it has spent the past two months, deviating views leading to a standoff instead of a start date for a season. So I think that's kind of the key of where we're at right now, the idea that uh, as I said, when I saw that, that a deal was in place, I was like, oh, you know what? I'm not going to believe it till I'm sure. And that, that you know, that's the way this whole thing has played out. <laughs> it's like, why should we believe it till it's locked in, till it's sure? Um, because, um, you know, you didn't expect it. Now we have, it does feel like the, there's negotiation going back and forth and we can potentially settle somewhere in between 60 and 70. We'll get to the newest proposal from the players after this article. But um, as the players have asked for a 70-game season, um, so we are at least in a general ballpark that seems to be acceptable if they can just kind of whittle this down here. The article goes on. While there remained hope that an impasse could be avoided, the parties considered the flexibility of their positions Wednesday night, according to sources. Absent a deal, the league has the ability to implement a season of its desired length, likely around 50 games per March 26 agreement between both sides. A move that probably would lead to a grievance from the players. And I think that's the key here is getting a deal done avoids the grievance from the players. They would get them to waive that right. I think that is obviously crucially important in these discussions from the owner's perspective. It goes on. The union surveyed player leadership about the proper path forward, cognizant that its decision could sour owners and prompt the league to implement a season instead of coming to a negotiated agreement. The conversation between Manfred and Clark centered on a 60-game season that would start July 19th or 20th and end September 27th, sources told ESPN. Players would be paid their full prorated salary, a total of $1.5 billion, or about 37% of their full season salaries, and would receive another $25 million for postseason play and $33 million in forgiveness on the $170 million advance they received in the March agreement. The postseason, this is important stuff, we'll get more into the, the impact of this stuff tomorrow but the postseason would expand from 10 to 16 teams for the next two seasons and a designated hitter would be added to the national league in both years as well the league would donate 10 million dollars to social justice initiatives and teams would be allowed to add advertisements to their uniforms according to sources an interesting thing we have not heard yet a new way to make money i i, I understand it In a settlement, both sides would agree to waive their right to grieve. That is a key, he says, a cudgel each has considered using. And a maneuver that would exacerbate the already tenuous relationship between the parties. The fragility of the discussions was palpable, sources said, with both sides acknowledging that a deal could fall apart and prompt owners to call Manfred to set a schedule 
or perhaps cancel the season altogether. So Pazin really um, showing both sides of this. There is optimism. There is hope. But at the same time, it is as tenuous as could possibly be. And again, I think that that, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, we spent the last two months arguing and fighting over this and acrimony and animosity and, and anger and all this stuff. You know, of course, you would assume that if and when it does come around, that it would still do it tenuously. So it's not surprising, but it is frustrating and it is upsetting. Like, you know, it's like, as we've all said, where it's like, just get it done. Stop telling us all these bits and pieces and, and they're here and here. Just do it. Figure it out. Get it done. That's all that matters right now. The article goes on. Whether that's saber-rattling or reality should become clear in the coming days as the drawn-out process that has stalled baseball's return comes to a conclusion. The relationship between the sides has degraded. <laughs> Say that again, Jeff. With each group accusing the other of bad-faced negotiations as they disagreed on the language and intent of the March 26 agreement. The MLBPA long held that the deal called for fully prorated salaries. Something the league has not offered until Tuesday, which is unbelievable. Though the discussion of 60 games was met with skepticism by player leadership, union sources said there remained a pathway to a deal at a slightly higher number of games or with additional salary advance forgiveness. And I do think that's the key. I think just a few more games. We're almost there. Jason Stark did a really nice job last night on Twitter of pointing out why 66 games in particular makes the most sense from a scheduling perspective in terms of even number amount of games against all the opponents they're supposed to play. Um, it made a lot of sense. 66 seems feasible. It seems doable. If the owners are offering 60, the players are offering 70, let's meet in the middle. 65, 66, get something done. I mean, seriously. Again, I've said from the beginning, but any sort of compromise, not everyone's going to be happy. No one gets what they want. It's all about giving a little. We need to see a little give in here. The article goes on. For days, players would rally around words used by Clark when he cut off negotiations Saturday following the league's third proposal. It's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where. Which, of course, became a strong rallying cry for the players. Players amplified the when and where slogan on social media before reports of Manfred and Clark's discussions answered them July 19th or 20th at home ballparks around the country. Quote, unquote. At my request, this is from uh, Manfred, quote-unquote, at, at my request, Tony Clark and I met for several hours yesterday in Phoenix. We left that meeting with a jointly developed framework that we agreed could form the basis of an agreement and subject to conversations with our representative constituents. I summarized the framework numerous times in the meeting and sent Tony a written summary today. Consistent with our conversations yesterday, I am encouraging the clubs to move forward and I trust Tony is doing the same. So that is important that, you know, the clubs to move forward, to get ready, to to buy into this. Before Manfred's statement, the union had tweeted reports of an agreement are false. Before Manfred's discussions with Clark, the league had offered three proposals, each of which included pay. Included pay cuts. Last offer was for 72 games with a maximum payout of 83% of their full salaries or $1.5 billion. The union's previous proposal had been for 89 games of full pro rata, a total of $2.24 billion. Following Clark's when and where comments, Manfred said Monday on ESPN's return of sports special that he was not confident a 2020 baseball season would be played. Walking back previous comments that he was unequivocally, we're going to play Major League Baseball this year and pegging the likelihood at 
I'm not confident. I think there's a real risk is there's no dialogue. The real risk is going to continue, Manfred said. Manfred's comments were prompted the face-to-face meeting where Clark lives and led to a framework that would include a new spring training beginning June 28th, lasting for three weeks in a season that would conclude on September 27th. The league has held firm in its targeted date of September 27th, citing fears of the second wave of coronavirus, um, so on and so forth. Um, and uh, there is potential wiggle room on the schedule if they started at that date. Um, so there we go. That is the, the Passon article. Passon has since uh, just a little while ago tweeted out, um, the Major League Baseball Players Association has finalized a proposal back for MLB for a season in the neighborhood of 70 games, sources tell him. The MLBPA's proposal to Major League Baseball is for 70 games and includes a split of playoff revenues. While the league is unlikely to accept the proposal, it's close enough for optimism there will be a season, whether it's via a deal or MLB shortening the season. Among the details in the Major League Baseball Players Association's new proposal, 70-game season from July 19th to September 30th, so that's three games past what the owners had talked about, $50 million in playoff bonuses, a 50-50 split of new t- postseason TV revenues in 2021, forgiveness of the salary advance, uh, universal DH, mutual waiver of grievance. So there you go. And I, we'll, we'll dive into the specifics of those deals tomorrow. One more article to get into. Um, as Ken Rosenthal had a, uh, a, a really good piece touching uh, kind of on what we just talked about, but a, a different angle on it. Um, Rosenthal writes, once again, Major League Baseball players and the player, Major League Baseball and the Players Association do not agree on what actually happened during their negotiations. First, the parties thought their deal in March deal meant different things. Now they can't agree on whether they've reached a new deal in principle. League sources say, and this we know, that Rob Manfred and Tony Clark settle on the framework of an agreement at face-to-face meeting, meeting Tuesday. The union, however, is adamant that no deal was reached, tweeting as much on Wednesday night. Clark informed Manfred that a 60-game season proposed by the league was not long enough, a source said. The union does not view 60 as enough of an increase from the 50-odd number the league could impose to pass on a potential grievance and agree on an expanded postseason, particularly when the league offered 72 games five days ago. The league believes it's extended itself significantly in a comprehensive deal that included universal DH and other benefits for the players. Both sides were exasperated by the latest turn of events, which threatened to unravel what appeared to be significant progress stemming from the face-to-face meeting. So, again, I think we just keep hearing that while there is a framework of a deal, while it feels closer than it's been, it is incredibly tenuous. <laughs> incredibly tenuous. And there is, um, it feels like it could fall apart any second, which is, is nerve-wracking. Um, Manfred's quote, again, that he left the meeting feeling that he's going to urge the clubs to move forward and Tony to do the same. Um, uh, Major League Baseball's fourth official proposal included a major concession, the offer to honor the terms of the party's March agreement and pay the players their full prorated salaries. The league had insisted the agreement did not apply to games without fans and so on and so forth. We know that. Under the latest offer of the 2020 uh, season, the players received, as we said, 30% of their projected earnings. Uh, all the league's previous offers ended up topping out at 35%. And then uh, Rosenthal goes through through some of the specifics of the deal we just talked about um, and goes to say the 10 days off that are in the proposal seemingly leaves room for parties to negotiate a greater number of games. This is obviously crucial to what we're talking about right now. 
One player agent estimated the final number could be 65, saying that figure with the prorated salaries would get the players to 40% of their projected original earnings. Manfred's statement raising the possibility of a deal offered a marked turnaround from Manfred's revelation on ESPN. We talked about this. The commissioner's goal in raising the possibility of a canceled season was to force the resumption of talks and achieve a negotiated settlement, sources said. Some player advocates, however, suspected a stall tactic intended to better the position of the league to fight agreements that moved forward with an implemented season or later date. We talked about that, and I do think that is a believable thing, the idea that the owners are trying to stall for long enough where they can implement a season and not have a grievance filed against them that says they did not negotiate in good faith. I think that is an important part of this. And, of course, the commissioner is going to say that his flip-flopping was purposeful. You know, I mean, of course. And, look, it, it did work, right? It, it opened up talks. I do think that is true. But what else is he going to say there? You know, I mean, come on. But at the same time, look, at least talks have opened back up, which it did feel at that moment like a desperate situation. And Manfred, obviously, I don't back off how horrible a job this guy has done on so many levels, as we've talked about. Uh, again, just not convincing the owners what's in their best interest. I understand that he works for the owners, but that doesn't mean that he can't try and help them, <laughs> try and tell them what is right to do in this situation, what is best for them and for the long-term viability of their league and of their team. I think Manfred's done a disservice and done a really bad job there. Uh, the article finishes out. Under the March agreement, Manfred reserves the right to set the schedule as long as the league plays the players their full prorated salaries and plays as many games as possible. That's the key, as many games as possible. But sources told The Athletic that owners in a conference call on Monday discouraged the commissioner's office from imposing a season against the players, believing the union was likely to counter such a move by filing a claim for financial damages. So I do think that threat of the lawsuit has been such a key in all this. The, the not wanting a grievance filed against them has really pushed the owners to go back and want to negotiate. And look, again, as I've said this whole time, it makes so much more sense for everyone involved if they're going to play. Look, if you're going to go with the... Look, if you're not going to have a season, that's a different discussion. And we all know how I feel about that. I think it's a, a nuclear option. I think it's the, the worst possible thing that could happen for the future of the sport. But in these owners' minds, there are certain owners who clearly think it's a... a worthwhile option because they're super short-sighted and just worried about the right now and all that whatever i get I, I don't get it but i get what they're saying i understand their point i think it's a, a brutal absurd ridiculous point but i at least understand the point but what i understand is if you're if you're going to just implement a schedule anyway if you're going to do the 50 game schedule and, and manfred's going to force it why wouldn't you make a deal for as many games as you can that works you know why wouldn't if it's 60 that's fine you and they're stalling till then whatever but a deal makes more sense in implementing a season because of all the things you could get, as we talked about. Not even just talk about expanded playoffs, a universal DH, which I guess is more for the players, but expanded playoffs certainly for the owners. Um, the you know uh, uh, getting players to be involved in other things, the the All Star game off season, the uh, mic'd up on field, all that. But most importantly, the reason you make a deal rather than implementing a season is to waive these grievances. I mean that's the key. The idea that, that you make a deal for that reason alone rather than just implementing a season, it does. I do believe that they will implement a season if they have to. I, I just think it's, it's silly to not get something out of it. It makes zero, zero sense to me. Um, going on. 
Um, the players on Saturday night essentially dared Manfred to implement a schedule with Clark's statement of it's time to get back to work, tell us what I'm wearing. Dozens of players have echoed that comment on social media in recent days, but rather than act on his own, Manfred historically prefers to reach settlements. Deputy Commissioner Dan Halem sent the union a seven-page letter on Monday outlining a large number of issues the union needed to prove before the parties could move forward with the season. In addition to health and safety protocols, the issues of on-field rules, scheduling details, start dates, postseason player pool, all of which were outlined in the March agreement, none of those concerns is expected to be an obstacle to an agreement, however. The league overcame seemingly the biggest obstacle by agreeing to pay their players the full prorated salary. But based on the differences of opinion about what happened Tuesday, significant obstacles still remain. I think the big takeaway from reading both these stories, Ken Rosenthal, Jeff Passan, maybe the two most plugged-in reporters, certainly the two along with Heyman and, and Nightingale have had, the most information about this as it has happened, the most scoops, the most plugged in, both of them on the same wavelength here with the idea that, that yes, some progress has been made, but it is on shaky ground. It is tenuous. We are not there yet. There is still work to be done. Now, you would think logically if the owners are willing to pay 60 games prorated salary, getting to 65 or 66 is not a monumental jump. <laughs> We're talking about six games. Six games. You can't tell me that paying players six more games of salary is going to bankrupt you. You can't. <laughs> Stop it. Stop it. It is so absurd at this point. We're talking about such a minuscule amount compared to the grand scheme of things, compared to what's already being shelled out, all that stuff. Like, just go the extra little bit. Please, for the love of God, end this. We are all, that is, every baseball fan in the world just wants this to be over. We want baseball, we want this to be over. I mean, it's so simple, so simple. And again, just to, to the owners, to the, the concept of selfishness that has been displayed across the board by these owners, the idea that you are owning your little team and it's your thing as opposed to the millions and millions of fans who root for those teams is a joke. I said it yesterday, I'll say it today, I'll say it every day I can, Owning a professional sports franchise is a public trust. It's not just your team. It is far more the generations of fans, families. You hand it down through your life. My dad was a Phillies fan. My grandfather was a Phillies fan. My daughter's going to be a Phillies fan. You can bet your life on that. We spend our whole lives rooting for these teams. Owners come and go. Now, granted, of course, you could own a team in perpetuity. Your family can own it forever, all that. That can happen. But for the most part, owners will come and go. You raise the value of your franchise. You sell the team, whatever. We're here forever. My family will always be Phillies fans. As long as we live, we will pass it down. And millions of others are that way too. We, our hopes and dreams are attached to your team. Your franchise that you own, you have a, a responsibility to us. 
legitimately a responsibility to us on, on multiple levels to, to put a good product on the field, to do everything you can to try and win games. But most importantly, certainly in the midst of a national pandemic, when all people want is some sense of normalcy, some sense of happiness, something to distract them, all these things. And you have the opportunity to bring them that team that means so much to them, that is such a big part of their lives for their whole lives, that they put so much physical and mental energy into. Not only do we watch these games, not only do we go to them, not only do we buy jerseys, buy shirts, do all that stuff, we also think about this team all the time. We think about our favorite players and the numbers and this and look at box scores and all that. Like, it is more than your team as an owner. You have a responsibility to us, the fans. And in the midst of a pandemic, you have a responsibility to do everything you can to, yeah, take a loss financially to bring us baseball in this moment. It's on you. You have to do it. The players are ready to play. End this. End it. Hopefully. Maybe over the weekend. Maybe soon enough. Maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Probably not, though. But soon enough, we will have a deal, we will have baseball, and we can finally have something to get excited about. Um, so, fingers crossed, and obviously we'll keep talking about it, we'll keep watching it, we'll keep our fingers crossed, and hopefully we're talking soon about a plan, a true plan to, talk, to play baseball. Unless there's a deal by tomorrow, obviously. Tomorrow we'll dive into the specifics of this plan, like what it looks like, the framework of this will be, what it means, the amount of games, universal DH, the playoff teams, all that stuff. There's a lot to get into with that, so that's coming up tomorrow. Until then, everyone. Stay safe, stay healthy, and again, thank you for listening to another edition of Phillies Today right here on the Phillies 24-7 Network. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.